Welcome again to another episode of Card Authority. There's the camera. Get confused where all the cameras are here. Hope everyone is doing well on this Wednesday night. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been around, but we're back, Janks. We're back. We are back live and direct. And as you said, it's been, uh, well, about three weeks. About three weeks since we were yep. last uh, last on the, the screen and on the airwaves. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, and it's been a big three weeks. A big four weeks, we'll call it, actually. Mm. You know, Optimum released a bit, a bit over four weeks ago. A few people, are, first of all, because obviously this is all about you guys, who is this work experience kid? I know, I know, right? Wow. So like... very rarely do I shave. It's happened twice. Twice in about 10 years and I shaved with a razor and it's both in the last 12 months, actually. It's pretty creepy. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. I didn't even recognize myself, to be honest. But uh, yeah, so it's been a big four weeks aside from my beard growing huge and having to be shaved this morning. Mm. Um, you know, other big things that have happened of recent, a Jordan signature card sold over the weekend for $2.7 million. Yeah. So just another indicator of really where things are at. Um, definitely probably been a little bit of a slowdown in NBA in the off season, but uh Wow, $2.7 million for a Michael Jordan card. That is some serious money. Big shout out to everyone coming on the stream. Robert, Jacob, Mitchie, Steve Massier, three slabs of JD. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, very good. Robbie, how are you up at the slab lab? Um, but yeah, it's been a huge couple of weeks. Obviously, you just said there's big moves happening certainly overseas. And yeah. I guess all the people that were saying that there was going to be this drop off on a global level of trading cards. Yep. Every time it feels like that happens, suddenly out of nowhere, there is a huge sale that breaks records. Yeah, that's right. There's some sort of record-breaking sale. And we're also seeing, you know, the sands shift a little bit in different areas. You know, Pokemon is a big one at the front of a lot of people's minds at the moment and at the top of the market with their 21st anniversary edition, um, the celebrations release. So that's, I think, I think it's so the ETBs have started to come out now. And I guess what everyone's waiting for is that ultra premium release, which which is is November, I think. Yeah, Yeah, sometime in November. So it's been interesting for us, I suppose, we've taken a pretty good measurement and seen a a transition of people from, you know, Pokemon collectors actually moving into AFL over the last four to six weeks, Um, especially in terms of this release almost seemed to be a trigger point for a lot of NBA, you know, more specifically NBA collectors and Pokemon collectors. And um, we define that measurement because we see through our own network where people are coming from and what their answers are to their entry questions and other mechanisms we've got. And something I certainly noticed when the ETBs were released a week or so ago, the amount of people that what we would consider as AFL people that were posting up their Pokemon hits. exactly. You know, like we had a good chat with Squid over at Supreme Card Breaks. And suddenly he's just hitting us with all this information about Pokemon. Yeah. I had no idea he was into it. Yeah, exactly. And then, that in, you know, I think, then, as you said, we saw a few posts and we started to yep. see not only is there new people coming across into, you know, the world we're more familiar with, but there's clearly people already in our world that are into Pokemon and just maybe have never shown it amongst our, our networks before. So that's been really interesting to see. So there's big, big things going on there. Daniel, um, Ruckers, sorry, everyone's streaming. Hey, guys, Jara. Yep. How are you all? Good to see you all. Isn't that Pokemon? That's right. right. Yep, Jacob, there you go. Uh, what else? Also, Jacob, something you'll like is uh, cricket. Cricket's back on the agenda again. Yep. So cricket card's coming out soon in, I believe, in the next few weeks. Is that November, right? November, early November. So early, early November for yep. cricket. Um, you know, cricket came back with a bit of a buzz last year. There was a few issues in cricket prior to last year, and then TLA retook the license back over. 
um, made a really nice product, which we opened a bit of, which was cool last year. And it seems like they are going down that path again. So I've got a keen eye on what's going on in the cricket world in terms of cards, but well, that's your domain. So. Well, I think the good thing about the cricket is that there was obviously a little bit of concern that the Ashes series wasn't going to go ahead, which would have been a massive dampener for the cricket cards. Yeah. But looks like that's all been sorted out. The English are coming over. So it'll be a good season of not only the Ashes, but also Big Bash, which I know you watch religiously. Yeah, oh, um, it's just as, as big of a bash as they come. Absolutely. Brendan. <laughs> Uh, yes, looking forward to cricket. Yeah, mid-November. Yeah, that's yeah, what Jake, I think. Exactly as Jacob Mabbitt has said there in the comments for those listening from afar. Um, different company and uh, better cards. Is, yep. is And that seems to be the consensus out there. You know, I by no means am a cricket card expert, let alone a cricket uh, person really in general. But I would say you're quite the opposite. Yeah, that's yep. right. But we learned last year very quickly of what had happened was a more reputable company had picked up the license after there had been previous issues. Yep. market confidence wasn't great before then yep. people you know last year's product from memory sold out and you know there was a pretty big buzz around it and uh yeah uh, you know we're looking forward to seeing the growth again this year and, and what yeah i think it, it definitely sold out on a wholesale level you know i know there's you know there's still some boxes floating around and stuff like that but i think they made a good shift and of course you know people especially the afl community think that cricket is a comparable product to say series two but really, it sits somewhere between a footy stars and a prestige. You know, there's some autos and autos and stuff, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of hits, lots of stuff for kids, lots of stuff with, you know, hobby collectors. Yeah. There's certainly lots of things around. G'day, Jace. Yeah, we're doing well, Jarrah. Hey, Obviously, tonight, you know, is all about you guys. If you've got questions, fire them on. We will ask them. How are you guys going with your Optimum PC Masters, oh, Jarrah? We're, we're going to jump on and talk about Optimum. Anyway. Well, how are you going? So, how are you well, going with your same set? So, my set's complicated, as a lot of people know. I do a master set. You want my master set is low number. Mm -hmm. Then I collect jumper numbers and no ones, but my jumper numbers and no ones can't impede on the master set itself. So, therefore, I need sometimes more than one of different type of cards. Mm -hmm. My set's going pretty good. Like yep. I have a fully completed St Kilda set. I could say. Yep. Um, I probably actually have two fully completed St Kilda sets, but neither I don't have a fully completed low number set. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, picked up a few jumpers and O ones that I'm very happy about. Well, it's funny, Ricky's saying here from uh Breaks or Us, there's a, oh, yeah. a package coming in the mail. Well, that was actually my jewel seek, St Kilda no, jewel seek. Which I was very quickly so informed. Thank that. you very much. To, big shout out to the boys over at Breaks or Us. Yeah, well, I mean, I lost we, that card. We, but I'll pick my AJ was in the break the other night and hit Ace and killed the Jewel Six, so straight to my collection. That, that one snaffled. But uh, yeah, everything's going good. What about you? How is your Tigers PC coming along? You're close. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm there. there. I'm there. there. So um, obviously, I've covered off my Richmond Master Sets, so all my Richmond cards. Um, you know, and I unfortunately do have to collect doubles of dusty for my dusty set as well yeah so i've i have achieved that now or very close i mean i haven't had time really to look at it but yeah. I, I think i'm pretty much done so um yeah it's been it's been a fun chase i probably attacked it a little bit differently this year um you know we certainly probably didn't open as much product as we would have in the past yeah. but um we certainly have been in a lot of breaks. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun. It's been a good release overall. Yeah. So that's probably a good segue. Yeah, so you mentioned just touch it, you know, quickly yeah. in your intro. What, you know, we seem to ask this question all the time. What percentage of stock do you think has been open now to give people an idea if they're still so, chasing cards? My perspective, and I'm pretty sure AJ's on the same page with me about this, is 
we think roughly about 65% of the sealed product has been opened yep. and is out there at this point in time, which is not a huge amount. There's a lot of cards still to come out. What the frequency is of that product being opened is really hard to say at the moment. There's no doubt there's a lot of stock with breakers and there's a lot of stock with resellers. Yep. But there's also, I think, probably the lion's share of it is actually with collectors who haven't opened all their boxes and may intend to hold on to them for a long time. Well, that brings up a good thing. I certainly was going to say there seems to be a bit of a shift this release. And we saw it a little bit with Prestige that it felt like a lot of stock, a lot of stock was open really quickly in the first 24 hours. Yep. We saw lots of hits. Yeah. But we have seen this huge change that people are now holding on to sealed stock to trade for cards. Exactly. Yeah. Which has never really been as prevalent. We saw, saw little bits of it in Prestige, yeah. but I've definitely noticed a shift. Yeah, that I think it. that's relative to the market conditions where, you know, the sealed stock has such a high value and therefore that's going both ways. It's giving singles a much higher value than they would have necessarily had in the past. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the singles, are, you know, the big ones are retaining that high value. And we'll talk a bit more about the, the valuations and stuff at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting scenario. We've never seen it to this sort of extent before Absolutely. Of, of the ability to trade boxes for cards. But at the end of the day, whatever's going to help people achieve their collections or get the Absolutely. cards that they want, whatever means necessary, really. I, yep. think, I think it's all it's all fine. It's all Question there from Hayden. Sorry, if I don't yep. keep putting it off on the screen, we're going to miss them. What dusty cards in Optimum other, other than Optimum Plus? Dusty didn't even get a common card. Um, that's true. There was no common card, but there was obviously his Optimum Plus, headliner. his Parallel, Headliner, Gold oh, headliner, headliner, Specialist, and also Dusty Metal. So there is plenty of Dusty cards out there. I was very lucky to uh, have a good run of it in the Cherry Break. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, Jarrah. Jarrah, what's a question here from Jarrah Dunstan? Matching numbers and people collecting serrano numbers serial oh, oh serial numbers yeah in getting way more popular absolutely and we we talked about this a little bit um at the start of the release or just before yeah. i think there was a poll put up by pete buchanan yeah on really good vibes where he said you know what are you looking for and yeah. we noticed again this in prestige the amount of people that are suddenly looking for jumper numbers oh ones yeah. lows or particular numbers so yep. you know someone collects 13 someone collects 17 yep. various clubs various numbers they're all different types of things going on and absolutely we taught you know we, we said it probably we started to say probably six to nine months ago that it seemed like the trend of 01 jumper numbers and low numbers was really becoming something and you know there was traditionally you would find you know one or two collectors from each club that collected lows 01s or jumper numbers or, or yep. three of those um, however, it's now seems to be a real mainstay amongst a, a number of different people from every club. So that is obviously putting pressure on those cards and the value of lows seem to be rising significantly. Yeah. I feel also too that people have probably had a little bit of a stigma in the past that getting 001s and jumper numbers were unobtainable. Yeah. Whereas now a lot of those cards, obviously, you know, prices are in, not inflated, but are increased versus yeah. normal cards. So people are wanting to spend more money than perhaps they would in the past yeah. to try to achieve those cards. I also think because there's more subsets now, so there's more numbered cards overall, yeah, it true. means it becomes yeah. more of a, an achievable reality for a broader amount of people, I suppose. It's not like, oh, there's only one type of this 
you know, there's one numbered card for this player the whole year. Yep. And so you've got no chance of getting a jump number or a lower an 01 for that particular type of card. Whereas now there's so much variety out there. I think that presents opportunities. But yeah, again, it's there seems to be some very clear trends now. And that's also shifted into people choosing particular numbers for their entire collection. Sure. And I think a lot of that, it's not just to do with the aesthetic and the idea of having everything uniform. I think it's more to do with the chase. Yeah, and everyone wants a chase. Defining yeah. a chase and yeah, defining sure. something to achieve. There's no doubt that part of card collecting is the the chemical reaction that you have in your brain, the euphoria you feel when you've achieved something, like anything in life, Absolutely. I suppose. And and we get that from cards, and it's it's something that we yearn for. We may not realize it, but we we yearn for that feeling of achievement of acquiring a card and getting something. Yeah, and and also look, you know, I noticed that there's some people and um, that in the past might be collecting a certain team, but now are collecting other players that they think might end up at that team. Yeah. So ironically, that person just made a comment. <laughs> um, but you know, there there are there are becoming different chases. And I think what has also risen here in this release that I've noticed is there are so many more people collecting players. Yeah, and I think that's part of the adjustment. And Essendon has really shown that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's certainly been some Sydney cards. Yeah. There seems to be sort of one or two from every club that suddenly people are really going What's after. It's the speculation aspect that's taking place there. Well, that's a people that's, have, that's that, that that was yeah. exactly where I was going to head. And that's right. Like people, you, you know, people have looked at what's happened with Dustin Martin cards over the last two years, and they're trying to pick off players that they think will have future success. Yep. And uh, there's legitimacy behind and there's reasoning behind it. And it's, of course. it's not just people looking to flip cards. There's collectors, everyone from or, uh, from every background of trading cards is, is doing that. And it's just, that's the nature of, of human beings, I suppose, as well, you know. And it's definitely heading more in that speculation direction. And I think the transition of people from NBA into AFL that we've seen recently and other international sports, yep. where a lot of it is based on future performance and future outcomes as opposed to past and current, we're seeing that applied. And that as a result is pushing the pre-existing people who are in AFL cards to get on the horse a bit quicker as well now. So, sure. you know, we're definitely seeing it with the likes of Sam Walsh, They're, you know, and, and that's probably the most prime example right now. So look, this is a good question from David. How many people do you think from other sports have come into this to flip cards? Have noticed quite a few more cards flipped on sure. eBay. Yeah. And I was actually going to get to a nice point that I was going to say that, I think I can't remember if we talked about this privately or on air, but whether it was a lucky, lucky coincidence, but the DPSs and the way it's been set up with three different tiers, one for everyone that was in the draft, yeah. the NBA crew that what we call the NBA crew, the NBA collectors that have come across to AFL yeah. and has given them this perfect vehicle to speculate. Yeah. You know. DPSs, we've talked about the numbering, we've talked yeah. about the rarity, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you go and start collecting those DPSs and those players actually do something in the future, there is legitimate upside on a financial level yeah. that gives opportunity yeah, to huge, flip and speculate. Huge upside just based yeah. on the numbering. We've harped on about it. But again, you know, the last episode we had, we talked at that time that the DPSs were undervalued against Yep. You know, DPSs historically from previous series, but against all other cards pretty much in this series itself as well. And we've seen, we saw that continue for a bit and we've seen that now flip around and, you know, the cards, cards are starting to dry up. There's still a little bit of bargain hunting around. The market has absolutely hit a bottom 
the sell-off was there, but it oh, was we've bounced. Yeah, we're bounced. The, yeah. the sell-off was yeah. there, but the sell-off has been nowhere near what it was previously. So to answer previously. David's question, do you think that the people that might have come in, um, and we use the term flipper, but I, you know, as I said, I've got no issues with people buying cards, selling cards for whatever their reasons are, or how they collect. Do you think people have come in, moved boxes or cards quickly? sort of turbo it's, it's all been turbocharged yeah a lot faster than in the previous absolutely but because we forget we're only four weeks in that's right we're four and a half weeks yeah. in. But yes a hundred percent we're seeing more of everything now so it's not just more of people coming in to flip there's more people collecting there's more intent there's more demand there's more of everything at the moment and you know at the end of the day okay well you're using the terminology of flipping there's people coming in pure intent to get something to turn it over for more yep. no intention to retain yep okay and you know we always look at this really objectively and say okay if someone's in the hobby recirculating well that's really good for the hobby yep. they're buying and selling they're making a profit but if the money's being retained and respent within the hobby itself, well, that's really great. It builds the liquidity and that, create, that creates further success for the entire market and the hobby. Yep. However, if people are coming in to withdraw the money, to take the money out of the hobby and take it to another place, well, that's sapping it out. So for every dollar that goes out, we need there to be one dollar $1 or more coming back in for it. At the moment though, the ability to flip and make money from buying and selling whether sealed product or single cards has to be a reflection of the appetite for people to buy it. Absolutely. So therefore, you can, as much as you can look at certain aspects as a negative, it's a reflection on the whole of it being a very healthy ecosystem. Absolutely. And we've talked for well over a year now of things, you know, people say price is horrendous this, price is too much yeah. that. If no one's coming and buying at that price, well, people can't sell it. Can't sell it. They won't be the flippers. They won't but exist. if people are buying, whether it's boxes or cards, that clearly says the market demand and the thirst is there. Yeah. So, you know, sure, some people are making some money, but there's also lots of people that are investing money to further their collections. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, everything is in a in a huge space at the moment. It's it's super healthy. It's super good. People might look at that and not yes, like it because sure. it's become, it is Casper the it's, friendly it's ghost. become too big, you know, or it's getting too big or too out of reach. As you said before, though. People great. change their collecting style. And great, great question here from Jace, Jason Cremona. Certainly a snooze you lose feel about this release. If you see a card you need, pull the trigger. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did see someone else mention something about the mirrors before. Maybe it was Jacob. There are certainly some cards that haven't performed as well in this release, and we'll talk about that shortly. But generally, a lot of the big cards, there was a little dip that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. The, that's pushing back. Yeah. Like, especially, especially things like the influentials. Yeah, big time. Oh, I mean, well, the influentials, the, you know, the DPSs, the platinums and the golds now are really drying up, especially the half, half players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all happening out there, you know, and the other things we've noticed as well is because of the way cards are now acquired and consumed and the different avenues that people get their cards and the way the distribution model has changed. From a data perspective, there's only 25% of the volume has gone on eBay, has been listed on eBay. Forget about being sold or not. 25% of the volume listed compared to dominance last year. So why do you and think that dom is? Well, dominance was down on dominance 2019 as well because the whole the it's it's all shifting. The way people acquire their cards is changing, but 
and and that is then fueling a different distribution model as well so a lot more stock is ending up in people's hands so because of the frenzy rather than buying one box as you would have in the past perhaps you're now buying the limit at four or five because you know the box value is a, is essentially a bargain when you're buying it on the primary market so do you think that's a situation of in previous years people that were getting stock um and we're certainly not calling out anyone here but people that were allocated stock that were potentially breaking that down and fueling that secondary market the ebay market and now not doing that because there's other avenues to move their their stock well, it's probably a twofold thing there's one there's other avenues to move the stock which means they may be able to generate you know more than whatever the percentage gain would have been yep. by selling singles but i also think the availability or we know the availability of stock at a reseller level has been significantly diminished and that is with the intent that more of the stock is being sold directly to the consumer from the manufacturer from the publisher so do you think also there might be an aspect that there are more groups and more communities now than perhaps there were a year ago which Absolutely. is giving opportunities for people to do trade sales whatever it might be opposed to a year ago or two years ago where you know there were really only a handful well i, I think is it cards have maybe finally caught up to technology so yeah you know everyone says like okay well COVID created this situation because and that's what made trading cards what it is well if you think more carefully about it it's probably COVID created effectively an e-commerce boom that's been realized more in Australia than anywhere else in the world because in Australia we were so far behind the eight ball in terms of online shopping just how you know phone shopping never became a big thing here and yep. TV shopping was limited so it's forced people into it so as a result of that trading cards and every other form of collectible has started to catch up to the use of technology and social media good question here by good point by Jacob I used to not buy boxes and only rely on the singles market but you just have to buy boxes if you can at release or it becomes so difficult to what you want now exactly absolutely and that's in a real adjustment on how people are collecting and acquiring cards um, good question here from Ricky which let me just see if my mouse is dead, I think. Um, are we going to see boxes drying up and selling above $900 a box? Um, personally, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think, obviously, as everyone knows, we have other ventures here and um, box breaking is one of them. You know, the majority of the people that are paying six, seven, eight hundred $800 a box now are using them for breakers. There would be some people that are buying those and opening them, yeah. but I would say the, the vast majority of breakers yeah. I don't see that there is that much more movement now. You know, I think we're at about $43, $45 a spot for a box, which is breaking at about $800 after costs and things like that. Yeah. I can't see it moving to 50, 55, 60. Okay. It just doesn't happen. So I personally, we wouldn't be buying over that price, nowhere near that. And I don't see that there's going to be a demand from other breakers yeah. who are going to buy those sorts of prices. Yeah, I think that's just the, my opinion. At the end of the day, uh, the value of a box is is always going to be relative to what the extraction is that comes out of a box. So if this, the value of the singles don't continue to push up in price, then the value of the box has to stagnate at a certain price level. Yeah, you know, if the demand becomes so strong for for the singles. Well then, yes. Obviously, over time, the value of the boxes and Supremacy is a great example. You know, in the 2019 marketplace, it was a $500 retail box. Product didn't sell out instantly. You could always buy it. 
it took 12 months for it to double in price in terms of value on the secondary market, but the value only increased dramatically because of the value of the single cards. Correct. You know, it, it all has to work together. Well, that's right. And, and yeah. so now, you know, a box of Supremacy 2019, if you can find one for 1500 bucks or something, it's a reflection because base cards are no longer worth $15. They're now worth $100. And Premiership Brownlow doubles and Norm Smiths are no longer $45 cards. Yep. They're $145 to $300 cards. You know what yep. I mean? So Absolutely. Question here from Glenn. Uh, what's the chances that retailers are receiving cases and then getting a third party to resell at a much higher price? Um, look, I wouldn't say it's happening a lot, Glenn, but we can certainly say from our experience. We've, we've seen it, yeah. But people are offering us cases. Yeah, we, well, that's so, right. So they're we're, coming from yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Um, They've got to be coming from somewhere. Yeah. They don't just come out of thin air. You know, do I think it's happening as much as everyone thinks it is? Probably not. But it's happening. Yeah, it's it's definitely so, happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, de it's definitely happening. It's hard to get a gauge on how much of it's happening. Yeah. But it's hard to know how much case form product is was actually distributed to begin with. Yeah, no one knows that. No one knows that question. So that's the thing. Uh, Jared Brown, the question, uh, do you think there'll be more cooling off of larger cards in the off season? Well, I mean, there seems to be a bit of a cycle that we've always talked about, that cards are obviously really expensive after release, that drops off and then it pushes up. Um, and then generally when the next release comes, there's a bit of a drop off because people want to replenish funds yeah. and move into the next release. Yeah. No one knows when the next yeah. release is, but I would say there, there is going to be a cooling off of some cards at some point. Of, of the cards that there are an abundance of. So let's look at something, let, let's look at Sam Walsh Influential. Yeah. I think without even looking on eBay, I think it's a, $2,600 a card they're selling for. Uh, which... I, I, but are they actually selling at that price level? Sure. And, I, I, and, and that's my yeah, point. I, I, don't, I personally don't believe. No, no. But if you want to go and buy a Sam Walsh right now. Yeah, you if you want one, you have to go pay yeah. around $2,000 if you want one. I reckon if I went back and look at my data sheet of what we valued that card at, yeah. I reckon we would have said it was... Fourteen hundred bucks. It was ranging to fourteen hundred. I would say, yeah, yeah, maybe even a little yeah. bit less. Yeah, a bit less. So yeah. you know, uh, we might very well be wrong. I mean, we do get we are wrong sometimes. <laughs> um, maybe it is a two thousand dollar card, but that's a crazy price. Well, it's um, a huge price. But is, and the question, you know, is how many people are there out there spending that, that money? Well, that would pull the trigger on a card, yep. let alone uh, that particular card. How many people are there that don't need to make an informed decision that takes a month to do to buy a car? Absolutely. Like that? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And, that, and that's a big question. But again, I think we're seeing a lot of the Sam Walsh and a lot of the specific player stuff being fueled at the moment by newcomers to the hobby as well, whether they're shifting across from other sports or they're yep. coming in out of left field, whatever it is. You know, people want it and they want it now. And to go back to what Jared had said there, was it, who was it, Jared Brown? Yep. What Jared had said, do you, do you think there will be more cooling off of larger cards in the off season? Well, I think we're going to see something different happen over the next few months. What which should traditionally be the cold period, you know, between let's say December and March, as we lead into the new releases and the new season. Yep. I just don't think the cards are actually going to be available. I think there's certain cards that people are waiting and saying, well, you know what? I've always played the long game. I'll play the long game here and I'll get the card for half the price in four months. I just don't think the card will be there. Yeah. There won't be the card available. You know, not often 
are collectors actually selling cards out of their collection, let alone the big cards? So I would always think when, when a collector buys a card, for the most part, it's very unlikely that that card reappears on the market anytime soon. Yep. You know? Yeah, and look, obviously there's a real um, thread of people talking about Collingwood and Essendon. You know, Collingwood was a little bit flat during the year. There really feels like there's been an insurgence in this release. And Essendon has come from a, you know, was up there two years ago, kind of crashed out last year, and now has just gone boom. Yeah, so, and do you think that's a reflection that obviously there's more Essendon collectors than there has been for the last couple of years? No doubt about that. More hope. It's it's that's what it is. It's a morale thing, yep. isn't it? Yep. They see outlook. those kids. They think they're, they're excited. Do well. yep. They're feeling like they're at the start of the new the new era for their footy club. Yep. The only way is up. Yep. That's People are excited about what the future holds. No different to probably St Kilda collectors, Carlton collectors as well at the moment. You know, and that, that's that's the reality of it. I think you know, performance, excitement around the club. It. It builds interest at a merchandise level, at a collector's level, at trading card level. Yep. That's what happens. Absolutely. Hawks prices have dropped because they don't look great. They don't look great. And I also think that, you know, the, the card you mentioned there, Hayden, about a Mitchell Bruins, you know, the few Hawthorne supporters that we know, they're sick of seeing Mitchell on cards. Yep. They want they want to see a change. And thankfully that Mitchell isn't as featured in this release. Yeah. Um, but there were definitely, there were definitely, it felt like a bit of a flood of Mitchell. Yeah. But do you also feel like it goes beyond, they just, they don't just want Mitchell there on the card. They feel like they are at the end of an era and not quite yet at the proper start of a new one. Maybe. Yeah. I know. Like I they're, they're going through an interesting period as a footy club. Maybe. I definitely thought, and I think we said this on the show, we thought Hawthorne was going to be one of the top jewel seed cards yeah. at the start of the release. Yeah. I would say the market has probably shown us to be wrong there. That you can pick up a Hawthorne jewel seed card for a thousand bucks. Yeah. It's got Warple, who is arguably one of the most collectible players. Yeah. And also Sam Mitchell, who is now their coach. Yeah. And that's a thousand dollar card. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to me. I feel like it should be in that top bracket with West Coast. Yep. Solly Hawks brought something up here. Yep. Let's have a look. Can the hype on DPS Platinum be any greater? Has to be the most desired subset. Platinum's in Optimum. Absolutely. And Jenks, you, you used a term. I can't remember whether it's, you know, on the show or in private or both. If any of those players do anything half decent over the next couple of years, that is effectively a signed influential. It's, it's, let's be, let's be realistic what we're talking about here. This is the thing about DPSs. Every time when they come out, people don't view them for what they become. They only view them in, in the moment, you know? And these DPSs, they are numbered to 40. They're numbered to 40. They are effectively one of the pinnacle cards that any player can have throughout their entire career. Historically, when you look back and you say, okay, I'm going to pick a player, past or present, one of the most important cards, or at least from most of the collectors I know, one of the most important cards that people want is their draft pick signature. I'm getting abused saying that you're not centered, James. Their draft pick signature. Sorry. It's such, a, it's such a, a significant card. And to be numbered to 40, the first time ever to have a short print like that, any player that becomes half decent, it's going to be like... I can't even imagine the money that some of these cards are going to command. 
Imagine yep. one of these guys is the next Dusty, the next Sam Walsh. Yep. In even two years' time, let alone 10 years' time. But as I said to like, someone today, they don't never find them. But they don't even need to be a Dusty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That some of these guys only need to be half as good as that, and it's still going to go through the roof. Yeah. Like everyone's saying, it's impossible to find a Jamara Platinum there, Gary, Gary's saying. You know, I would argue, you know, Jamara has done nothing special. Yeah, nothing not special. Yet. Not yet. You know, look at the Richmond guys, Rioli and Samson. Like Samson's, you know, still gets dropped off at the footy by his mum. Yeah. Rioli is far from proven. But you can't find one of them less than 400 so, bucks. So, you know, you know, there's obviously quite a few new people who watch this and are tuning in live right now as sure. well who haven't been around forever. So maybe a, a two-minute two little quick history lesson here about DPSs. Sure. Just on a two-year basis. In 2019, DPS is number two, 175. The draft class was your Sam Walsh's, Max King, Bailey Smith, Isaac Quainor, yep. Connor Rosie, et cetera, et cetera. When, those, when that product was released in 2019, that was number two, 175, which was already half or less of what it previously was mm -hmm. in terms of numbering of DPS. Those cards... The worst players from the left, most least desirable teams, you could pick them up for $15 at the time. Yep. Your bigger sort of players that had a bit of hype around them, Sam Walsh, Bailey Smith, the Collingwood one, even the, the Richmond one, just because it was Tigers at the time, they were commanding like $40 to $60 at the time, number to 175 So the equivalent of a copper. Look at some of those cards now. Those exact players, Walsh, Smith, King, they're all 300 400 500 600 dollar cards yep. numbered to 175 from only two years ago so they're numbered basically the same as a copper they're numbered the same as a copper and the players who are showing signs that they could become superstars could become superstars of the game are already selling in the 300 to 600 dollar region yep. so where does that leave an equivalent card numbered to either 40 or 85. so we got a snapshot of it, and Jacob's literally just mentioned he's beat me to it. Rao was the same last year. Yep. Do you remember Rao was coming that, out of the gate, and it was 300, 250, 300 bucks, yep. and everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, that's like... No one had ever seen it before, because yep. it was the first time we saw speculation come in yep. at the start, yep. at the start of a career, not people buying into it two or three years in, and then it hitting a peak seven years later, it's now the entry point now has become where the previous peak was. Yeah, absolutely. So they're starting high, but they're remaining high. And then the true thing here is the numbering itself and the limitation on quantity is what will make those cards retain value. Even for the players who are no good, they're in such limited prints, yep. they'll always actually retain a high value in my opinion. Well, they certainly should, like, you know... You'll I'm, never get any DPSs from this series as cheap as what you have been able to the last couple of weeks. It will not happen. Yeah, I agree. It won't happen. And I certainly, you know, some people are talking about, you know, James McElroy. Uh, he's scared of what a Platinum Dacos will hit me up for next year. I mean, if they continue to do this next year, the same series of, of DPSs, I mean, I think Collingwood and Richmond have, like, 10 picks, so that'll be fucked really <laughs> um but dacos that's the kind of one again it's going to make jamara look like a nothing and actually yeah ricky's just basically said that don't worry about jamara if dacos goes number one his dps hits the market it will be 
Oh, huge. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely. Um, but it's exciting. It's an exciting time. Definitely platinums are drying up. Yeah. They're drying up and they're some of the prices some of them are going for. You know, we've certainly noticed that with a, a Sydney player too, that you just can't find one. No, this is a player from every club. And again, you yeah. know, the 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 combination of people speculating, people now player collecting, if, yep. no matter what team they play for, yep. then the team collectors, the master set collectors, it's making cards. The notion of short print is that it's actually more short print than what it's ever been before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a true short. Print. It's true short print. Yep. Like it, it, you know, it's a it's a real reflection, and we're seeing that with the price. And you know, you've got your doomsdayers, and that the price is crashing, the market's crashing tomorrow, the cards. Everything in a week, in a month, you know, I've literally heard it for like two years straight. Two years straight, you know, it's there seems to be a huge amount of resilience out there. Sure. I don't know where all the money's coming from. People are finding it. There's a huge influx of new people going on. But that's constantly. the thing. I think that's what is there is it, it's there's, there's an adjustment. More, there, you know? But there's more people coming in. Everyone thinks it's the flippers, flippers, flippers. There is legitimately new collectors coming in every day. There's new everything's coming in every day. Absolutely. So with the rate of new flippers and whatever, well, there's a huge rate of new collectors. Yep. There's people investing serious money in trading cards as, as a collectible asset. Yep. They're taking it more seriously now, like they do with paintings and artwork sneakers. and other things. Whatever sneakers is a great yep. example. It's a it's a bit of it's a bit of everything, you know, yep. and uh, it's resilient. But there's also manipulation taking place. Well, that's a nice segue. So obviously we saw a lot of talk this week about shill bidding. Um, and obviously a few people that might be new to the hobby. Explain what shill bidding is. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about it a little bit before, but we're going to refresh everyone's memory here. So shill bidding is effectively placing artificial bids on auction on auctions, on cards that are at auctions with the intent of driving up the price for either financial or personal gain. Okay. That's what shill bidding is. In real terms, what does that look like? That is someone puts up an auction on eBay. They use alternate accounts to bid on their own auction to push up the card to a higher price, therefore leaving the genuine bidder paying a higher price for a card. So they achieve a higher price. Now, at the end of the day, it takes two to tango. So you always need an underbidder. What we are also seeing a bit of going on, or a lot of at the moment, is pushing up the price of other accounts and other auctions to drive it up and create a higher comp level. So, so let's give some real world, like yep. a real world example. Yeah. Okay. And we're just making this up. Okay. Just making this up. I've got a dusty card. Yep. I know lots of people want it. Yeah. I put it up on my account. People are bidding. You then, as my friend. Yep come and bid and make it higher. Yep. Then instantly that bid keeps getting pushed up. Correct. So if it was sitting at $1,000, yep. you keep bidding 1100 1200 13 whatever. Yep. And suddenly when that auction ends, yep. someone's paying 1500 but it's really those four bids that you've made yeah. pushed it up. That's right. That's exactly. That's a great example of exactly how it works. Yep. And again, it takes an underbidder to achieve a price anyway. Yep. So it's still to an extent achieving its true market value Someone may be, you know, getting pushed to a higher price where they wouldn't otherwise have been bidding against another person, but it's getting true market value. Where I see a bigger problem, though, with shill bidding is, is either pushing up the prices to get false sales through to create comps at a higher price 
Yep. Or pushing up the prices of other people's genuine options with no intent to actually pay for it because all you're trying to do is make it look like the card's sold for a higher price so because you benefit out of it. And how could you benefit out of it? Uh, maybe I have the dusty card as well. That right. I, yeah. So you, maybe put, I've got you push that one up too. to fifteen hundred dollars. So I'm going to come bid on your. You know. Yep. Before we both started here, the current market value, let's call it, is a thousand dollars on our dusties. Yep. You put your dusty I'm card. Camera pick. You you put, sorry. You put your <laughs> you, the camera itself. The cord keeps pushing it slightly. I think it's you. There we go. So your dusty. Yep. I bid on your dusty, and I drive your dusty from a thousand up to fifteen hundred dollars. Yep. Your dusty actually ends up selling to John Smith, and he pays fifteen hundred and one dollars for it. There's a comp. There's a comp. There's a comparison, a comparative price. Yep. We just took the price of a dusty that it, when it last sold, it was a thousand dollars, but now we got one sold for fifteen hundred dollars. Well, I've got my dusty, so you know what I'm doing. I'm putting mine up for eighteen hundred now. Right, so then someone that might have missed out on it suddenly sees it's fifteen hundred. Oh, the price actually might be eighteen hundred. Yeah, the, the price might be eighteen hundred. Or you know what? I saw one sold yesterday for fifteen hundred and one. So John's going to come now offer me sixteen hundred and fifty for my eighteen hundred dollar one. Okay, so as someone looking on the outside, and again, look, some people are popping through some ex examples, and I don't want to talk about specific cards, but. I feel that scenario is really dangerous when you've got, I've got the hiccups. When you've got people that run businesses yep. doing that sort of stuff, knowing that they've got those cards, creating artificial levels for those cards. That's right. They're creating a, and that's what you start to call like a real actual bubble. They're creating a false bubble because it's not supported by, by reality. It's not supported by actual money terms in the background okay. yes someone eventually comes along and buys it and it pushes up the value of the card but it's deceptive and manipulative behavior and it wouldn't be tolerated in any other form of market Don't. you know what i mean like you know this stuff goes on in other industries and look but it's regulated so J it, jason you know and obviously jason has a big ebay account i certainly won't expose him but um you know, they had the amount of non-payers in the last three weeks in comparison to the last three years. So to me, Jason, who has obviously a lot of cards on his yep. site, um, one of the reparable operators, yep. is clearly people are using his high prices or the prices they push his auctions to. To create comps. To create comps that they yep. can then go get their own game. Exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. And it was interesting. I saw it was posed a week or two ago, actually, the guys from Cherry posed it. Yep. Is, are comps actually starting to become irrelevant? Now, they were talking about it more with US sports because the reality is in NBA and NFL and MLB and everything else, this has been going on for years. Yeah. It's been right. going on for years. We saw it, you know, the powerhouse PWCC get taken down and banned from eBay for industrial scale shill bidding. Yep. But this has been going on for years. And the problem is it started to really creep into the domestic AFL market too. So how do you stop it? How do you stop it? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't actually, I, there's no black and white answer to stopping it. Yep. You know, is shaming people a way to do it? Well, I'm not sure that they actually really care or they would just find another way to do it. Reporting things. If you are one of those people that has an eBay account and you are getting purchases and then people constantly not paying and they... In, you know, you know, there's a reason. Report their account back to eBay. If you are looking at auctions and seeing 
bids all over the place at high levels with accounts that have between zero and five feedback, well, it's fair to say those are, are, are not proper accounts. They're not so proper they, bids in so those if instances. You've got a, if you've got an eBay account that you suspect is shilling and they've got 50,000 or 60,000 feedback, is eBay going to do anything about an account that big because they're probably paying infinite amount of fees? I think if enough if enough people if enough people take a stand because there's so much of it going on, then I think eBay would have an obligation, you know, to the both to the consumers, but probably to regulatory bodies that they have to take action in that instance. But I don't ever really see eBay accounts getting closed. In in fairness, there would be hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of accounts in Australia. How would you know? I reckon there would be plenty that are getting closed, to be honest. But yeah, most okay. of them, most, I think a lot of them are the ones with one feedback or two feedback because the people who operate large-scale accounts are, are, have got other dummy accounts that they're using as well. But yeah, I think, okay. look, there's probably a little bit of, of both going on. There's probably a little bit of both going on. So I know personally I don't get involved in eBay auctions. That's just a choice I made a long time ago because... Yeah. I don't trust the system. In terms of you don't sell via auction or you don't buy? I don't buy. Okay. I don't yeah. buy. And that's just a personal choice. And I'm certainly not telling anyone else not yeah. to do that. That's just a decision I made with Dusty Enrichment Cards because I felt far too much of that was going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. Do you get involved in many auctions? I go into quite a few eBay auctions. However, I have very tight price ceilings. Okay. I set very specific limits, but I also look at auctions to look at the bid history before I get involved to see what's going on. Okay. You know, there was a clear incident instance for me recently where there was a, a really nice card, something that would be yeah, great. Don't go into details, yeah. Something that, that yeah. is something I would ordinarily buy for my collection. However, I saw very early on some things I did not like in terms of the bid history. Yep. And I felt it was being shill bid for one reason or another. Yep. And as a result of that, I didn't want to participate in the in the in trying to buy that card, and it wasn't necessarily because it was going to get shilled so high. It was I just felt I don't know. I, I have I have issues with the manipulation of the price of cards that takes place, and there's certainly a lot more of it going on at the moment. I don't like it. So we're certainly not saying don't get involved in auctions, but do your research the, the same way as you would. Have a look at bid history. Have a look at the account that's selling. Have a look at the account that. You're, you're buying off, all those sorts of things, and just gather as much information as you can before you make a decision. Yeah. Um, there was a question I missed there. Let's pivot to something a little bit more fun. Glenn Antney, one of the great Port Adelaide men, thoughts on the Max King era influential? Some are keeping it and some are sending in to get a replacement. But this seems to be the hottest topic. At what would be more collectible in time? Now, obviously, you have 53 of them. So what are you going to do with... All of those. So I've got forty-one of the forty that were produced. Yep. Um, no, I don't. I have. I have more than one. Less than forty. I have more than one and less than forty. Let's say that. Okay. So for you, and we did touch on this in another show. Are you swapping them over to get replaced? Or a, little, you... a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So what becomes yeah. more collectible in history? Yeah, both. It depends how you look at your collecting style. It's. Uh, it's that horses for courses situation yep. because everyone's collecting style is different. My The parameter of my master set dictates that I need one of every single card produced from every single release. Yep. So if all of a sudden there is an error card 
and the replacement card, there's technically two cards. So Daniel Inglis just said that. Error card will be worth way more. But, Dan but Daniel, what I think is, is it an error card if all 40 of them are the same? Correct. Because it's not a, it's not an error within the set itself. It's the entire set that's an error. Yep. So in terms of, well, okay, so when something is worth more, a lot of it can be based on its rarity. So if we want to break this down and just look at the rarity of it, the only the, the, the one that will be worth more than the other is the one that's rarer than the other. And I would dare say no one will ever know which one's rarer than the other because I can't imagine Select would ever release the information of how many got changed over. No, I don't think so either. But if if there's 40 out there, yeah, what percentage? And I guess this is a little bit like the you know, Ruckwood, yeah. you've you've just stolen my thunder. Yeah. Um, you know, same discussion as with the Diarcos and the Dacos. It got to the point and there was 170 of those, I think, or 210. 210. 210. Every Collingwood collector wanted one of each. That's so right. does that mean that half are getting swapped over? Less than half? More than half? I think you've got a combination of people. You've got people who want one of each. Yep. I mean, you've got people that just want one and the one they want, they want it to be the correct one. Yep. Or you might have someone that likes the idea of uniqueness because there was an error. They want that one. Like, it's... I, it's just not a question that can be answered. Like, well, it's, it's a question that we can never get an answer. Yeah, to. it's a question that it, it's you know the chicken or the egg. Yeah, like I, it's oh. this is the song that doesn't end. It goes on and on, my friend. All right, very good. Yeah, like uh, I, it, I it's know. certainly an interesting case study, and I think that um, you know obviously production issues happen. Clearly, whatever the bloke that was on the gold foil stamp that day went for a smoke when Max King went through, but. It's, it's an interesting thing. People were, you know, really critical um, about it early on, but I love it. I think it's a it's a great little quirk that people will talk about yeah. years down the track. Do you remember that influential that came out that had no gold for it? Yeah. So, okay. So I've been asked a lot. I have the jumper number Max King influential. Yep. There we go. Everyone knows it now. I have the jumper number Max King influential. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yay. Yeah. What are it, you doing with I it? I took it straight off the production line. It never went in a packet. It didn't come out in a break that someone hid and then I Careful. it. Okay. Careful. That's, that's, what you are know. you doing? What are you doing with well, it? Well, I. I am going to get it changed over. Because it's the jump number. Because it's the jump number one, and it's going to be the most important one that I have. Yep. So I want it to be correct. Yep. Okay. I want it to be correct. So what would you guys do? Yeah. So what would you do? Hypothetically, if you had the jumper number and the O1, because they're two things you collect, would you swap both of them? One of each? Oh. You know? Oh, wow. I don't know. I'd have to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So are you more likely to get, I, I don't know, to keep a non-numbered as the error, like a, a, yeah, a, a random people, number? Because this is the thing, my, my rationale is that if I'm changing over the jumper number because I want that important one to be correct. Would you do the same for Well, the surely I would have to do the same for the 01, but then it's like, well, do I want the, the mystique of the error? I, I don't know. You've put me in a shit spot here. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer it, but I can tell you. One of my other ones, my other one that's not a low number yep. currently, yep. I plan to get it changed over, but I haven't sent it off yet to do it. Okay. I'm just waiting to see where I end up because I like to try and upgrade sometimes my numbers. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting quirk and uh, 
certainly something that uh yeah i think we're going to look back in history about it and have a yeah and we'll have a good laugh Jeez, my, my, my brain's spinning miles a million miles now because in theory i actually now need two low numbers for my low number for my actual master set because the jumper number is not part of it yeah yeah i'm in the shit here basically yeah. everyone nice yeah all right so uh we're getting a few questions about it now obviously yeah. card authority slabs ca slabs is launching tomorrow um thank you for everyone that's gone and jumped in the group and had a little bit of a look yeah to give everyone a little bit of an idea of what we're doing we're looking to encase cards to preserve protect and present your yeah, cards absolutely um it's not grading it's a way that you can display your cards in a slab or store your cards store yeah, that's right store. it's airtight it's safe you know if kids want to play with it it's not going to get damaged yeah it gets locked away for its final resting piece yeah with obviously a whole range of different labels and you know you can do custom stuff all that sort of stuff um how have you found the feedback that we've had obviously it's launching tomorrow yeah what do you think people have been thinking about it i think Look, the, the feedback has been far more than we ever anticipated and that great. takes back a few weeks you know when robbie robbie o'donnell yep. over in the alpana over in the slab lab um first leaked out a photo and then we've obviously progressively pushed out over the last couple of weeks that look the feedback has been uh, amazing yeah the feedback has been constructive as well absolutely both positive and, and we've negative, taken it on board and we're taking it on board into in terms of you know what what the product looked like and the product can continue to evolve. There's no doubt about sure. it. And it will continue to to grow and evolve. But the support's been amazing. We open up tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Australian Eastern at daylight saving time. So yep. Victoria, New South Wales time. I have no idea what's going to happen over tomorrow and the coming days and what the uptake's going to be like. I've had a lot of messages from people. People are excited. I think we're the most excited out of anyone involved Robbie's in, excited in this Robbie's definitely excited yep um can you put penny sleeves uh yeah if you wanted if you wanted a sleeve if you wanted to retain a sleeve Jacob John put that up on the screen yeah of me? course um, yeah. sorry I'm uh, sorry Jacob I sort of read your question well can you put penny sleeves over the top yeah. of signature now's your chance to ask questions if the about customer it, guys, if you want ask before it's like absolutely yeah absolutely uh you know all the slabs the demo slabs and um the prototypes we've done so far we haven't used sleeves on them robbie go and uh try but, that you know robbie in the slab lab i'm sure can put a sleeve on a card and we'll get a photo up tomorrow of what one looks like with a yep. sleeve over it yep. so we can sort that out but um does it you know if anyone's got any questions about this now's a, a great opportunity because we're happy to answer them yep. where does this come from you know is a lot of people have said is how's this grown where has it come from why are you doing this what gave you the idea to do this well i'll be honest if you went all the way back through the history of card authority you can see over time the evolution of where this idea really came from and, and at how the intent grew to do it we'd always talked about grading how grading was starting to creep in creeping in in australia becoming more popular then we've monitored and seen what's taken place with grading we've seen it's, it's been a really good uptake for grading however at this point in time graded cards of domestic product in australia don't seem to increase the value and we're seeing a lot of people what they love about the cards that they're getting back from from graders whether that's cga or bgs or psa is the slabbing aspect yep and especially when you're not getting a super high grade 
but you still love the the idea of the slab how it looks how it looks yep. the storage the safety then not having to worry about it so where this grew from was trying to create an alternative option for people who don't want to get cards graded but also want the next level of protection and security over their card but then also add the opportunity to make it present well and look good for their collection and for their presentation purposes. Yeah. And there's just so many applications. Like sure. And and Ben Griffin, I don't know, it's not showing up probably any plans to go into grading. Look at the moment, we just don't see that there is a huge upside with grading AFL cards yeah. for a value wise. We we have that we have the future capability to do it. Yep. And it's we certainly on the, the road, yeah. but at the we moment, we don't have the intent to do it right. Yeah, now. we just don't think that yeah. it, it's it's not a true representation of bang for your buck. And the, the problem know? as well with it is the cost involved in in the grading aspect and the time involved. Yeah. And what we don't want to do here is be in the compromised position of taking a significant amount of time to get something back to someone where it doesn't actually provide any monetary increase in the sure. value of the item. It's purely for aesthetic purposes. So our intent has been create the best possible product at a, at a price point that's achievable for both us and the people who are, who are going to use them, Yep. but also be able to turn it around in a quick amount of time. So we're getting a couple of questions popping through here from Robert. If, if a card is slabbed, can you ever take the card back out? Hey. The answer is yes. yes. So we have the tooling to... Um, de-slab, unslab, to unslab, to crack slabs. We'll call it safely crack the slab. Um, we certainly wouldn't recommend people's cracking slabs at home. It will cause damage to the cart. We went through a whole extensive testing process. We have the tooling to do it. So if later on down the track, you want to get your card graded by one of the other grading companies, or in fact, we switch to yeah. grading, um, or you want to change your label or anything like that, yeah. the slab can absolutely be cracked and then it can either get graded, re-slabbed, yeah. all sorts of And to of be things. honest, Robert, we're trying to future-proof the current offering. So there is already a re-slabbing <clears throat> option at a discounted price with us. So if you're someone that has a slab or gets a slab that's damaged, scratched, or there's a problem with it. Or you're not happy with or it. You're, or you're not happy with it. There's a significantly discounted option to have it safely cracked and re-slabbed. Yep. Um, and that's, again, as AJ just said, if we end up doing grading in the future, well, I have no doubt it'll be an upgrade type of option for anyone that's already with CA slabs. Yep. It's not a new thing that you're doing. You would be upgrading to it. Uh, a few questions about how many cards can you send it at once? Uh, as many as you want, Michael. Yeah. Um, there's no limit. Um, Pricing's all up on the website. Yeah. Well, let me just click a button. I'm going to... We're going to live activate now just for them. It's live now. All right, so, CA Slabs is live now. You guys are the only ones that know about it. Yep, so if you want to go through and have a look, you can go caslabs.com.au. It'll direct you to RGB Collectibles. You can read all about it. It has all the pricing, all the terms and conditions. It also has the submission form, which you need to fill out with the cards that you want to send in. Officially, submissions are open. So well, officially for you guys, submissions are open yep. for the rest of the world. They're not open till tomorrow morning. Nah, it's open for everyone. If Go you, for if, it. If you're not it's part, open if now. You, if you're not part of the CA Slabs group, yep. we are offering a special discount coupon. Yep. Slabs 10. Slabs 10. Slabs 10 at the checkout. It's not going to last long. Yep. But if anyone wants to get Seven in early days. and be part of the first official run of CA Slabs, you've heard it here exclusively. It is 
AJ literally just flicked the switch. You yep. saw him do it. That Swap was that was 10. not set up. That was legitimate. Ten percent off. If you want to go and try Card Authority slabs, CA slabs, you can now go and get involved. Ten percent discount for the next seven days. Slabs ten at the checkout. Yeah. But if you want to go and join our group, CA slabs or facebook.com slash group slash ca slabs you can see all the examples of all the labels the pricing the terms and conditions um all sorts of things if there's any questions you can hit us up on email we'll certainly answer those also on the submission sheet there is a full list of all the example labels so you can see um all the options yes there's all sorts of different freight options we can do all sorts of things. Just get in touch with us and we will work that yeah. out with and you. So just to answer Michael Steele's question and a few others, they start at $15 and they go down from there depending on quantity. So Before you use the discount code. Yeah, before you use the discount code, the full price is $15 for a single unit and yep. it moves down in increments. So 1 to 10 is $15. 11 to 30, I think it is, is $14. Well, whatever it may be, but basically it gets to a point where if you do a hundred of them, I think it goes down to eleven or twelve dollars. Yep, and yeah. then you can take ten percent off. Yeah. So yeah, go and check it out. Certainly send us through if you've got any questions whatsoever. We would love to, you know, get involved with it and uh, want you guys to get involved with it and have some fun. And we certainly want to see the pictures of your slap cards afterwards. Yeah, that, and that's what it's all about. And again, like this has stemmed from the personal intent to wanted to do it to our own collections. Absolutely. Telling a few people, hey we want to do this and looking at a machine and all of a sudden a few months later it's becoming a reality here we so are if it, if it doesn't work out guys i'll give you the tip we have enough cards between us to keep robbie occupied for the next Absolutely. 12 months so the website is doing our collection caslabs.com.au it will take you across to rgb collectibles where you can download the submission form and get all the information you need on slabs but make sure you go and join the group um, you can certainly reach out to either of us for more yeah. information. So, and but, sorry, Danny has just asked a good question there. Can we yep. do booklets? Uh, so at this stage, Danny, we can't do... Yeah, we're 30, yeah. 35 point and 55 point at the moment, 130 in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, booklets, we would have to look into that. It's a more bespoke uh, thing. I'm not sure if our current tooling can, can do the booklets. I, I, yeah. I feel like Robbie's just... Yeah. Head's exploding. Yeah. I can already see what is coming through. So thank you very much, everyone, for getting involved. Um, we don't want to make it all about us, but uh, we will uh, We will certainly... We look forward to sharing this journey with everyone here yeah. with CA Slabs. All right, we're about to tick over... We've tipped over the hour mark. Well, we haven't got to unicorn hunting yet. Unicorn hunting! Let's go! What everyone's favourite segment. Hey, we've got a lot of new people on deck at the moment. Yep. Can you just tell them a bit more about your your invention here yep so if you want i can't take all the credit <laughs> most of it um unicorn hunting if you've got a card that you are trying to track down and buy now these cards are generally for people or cards that are just unfindable yeah. they're a unicorn so not a card that came out four weeks ago that you can buy seven of them on ebay right now. or any card if, if it's you, a card you don't see you don't see yeah. if a card is on ebay it's not a unicorn um these are cards that are really struggling to find Yes, Jack's <laughs> facial hair is probably a bit Jeez. of a unicorn. Um, so is his puberty. Um, but we've got a special unicorn. It's actually, um, it was a funny story for this one. So we're trying to track down a 2012 Future Force Lockie Whitfield gold signature. These cards are numbered to 30. Now, when I first had this um, unicorn dropped on me, 
literally two hours later, one arrived. No, appeared. It appeared. appeared. One appeared. Was yeah, it, it put its horn up, its wings were flapping, and I'm like, shit, I am that good at unicorn hunting. I've just nailed this in two hours. And it was quickly whooshed away. So we are still looking for it. 2012 Future Force Lockie Whitfield Gold Signature. Number to 30. Number to 30. There are not many of them around. It's probably about a $400 card. So it's not stupid expensive, but it's certainly not and cheap. it's number to 30. So just, yeah. Yep. So it is a GWS card. Well, it's a Future Force card, but GWS player. Um, see what you can do. If you have it out there, we can certainly help facilitate the deal. If yep. you want to stay anonymous, whatever you want, get in touch with us. You can do that through the cardauthority.com.au website yep. or us personally. Um, we've got a whole list of other unicorns that I really need to update on the website. If you like a unicorn or a card that you would like us to look for, go to cardauthority.com.au, go to unicorn hunting yep. and submit the unicorn you are chasing. That's it. But again, 2012 Future Force Lockie Whitfield gold signature number to 30. The recipient would be very, very keen to make a deal. Let us know. There's not many of those cards around anymore. So if you can find it, you've got it. We can always help broker deals. We can do all sorts of things. Absolutely. Um, you get in touch with us and we'll see if we can make it happen. But look, been a fantastic show. Thank you everyone for your support, not only here at Card Authority, across the whole RGV network and all our other brands. We certainly love what we do here. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but we really enjoy it. But yeah. we wouldn't do it and couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you for the support. Jenks. I can't wait to get your pea plates. You've been fantastic. Thank you to everyone out there. We appreciate it. You'll be able to catch this episode, of course, on iTunes and Spotify and all that sort of stuff tomorrow if you all want to really listen to it. Um, but until next time, stay safe out there. We're in the middle of a pandemic and be nice to everyone and be kind and all that kind of stuff. Jenks, I feel like you're going to say something. Are you ruining my outro? Are we off here? Oh, sorry, I'll go get Jenks now. Oh, See you guys. Have a good night. See you guys. Ciao. Bye, everyone.